I think everyone knows now that scalp hair is not only the uh, only viable source of usable hair to recreate uh, hair loss. Uh, it's also not only the uh, destination of where to place hair. For example, uh, people may want chest hair, they may want beard hair, we may borrow body hair from the chest to the, to the, uh, to the scalp, or we may take scalp hair, put it onto the beard. Uh, so there are a lot of variations. And, and if you don't know the history of modern hair restoration, the first modern hair transplant was performed in 1939 by Tamura and, it, and, and then Akuda in 42 in Japan. And they did it using scalp hair and to pl be placed into the pubic area because uh, in Japan there's public bathing and there's a condition in young women with an absence of pubic hair that was shameful. Um, of course, modern standards in America are different and a lot of people don't want to have pubic hair. But it's just to show you how variable. Traditionally, when we think about hair transplantation, we think about taking scalp hair and moving it into the scalp. And that is the most common. Uh, of course, there is scalp hair moved into the eyebrows, which I do quite often as well. And there are many places that we put hair. Um, one of my colleagues actually uh, found, very interestingly, placing hair from the scalp into diabetic ulcers in the leg led to the hairs dying, but the side that had the hair grafts led to a faster regeneration of the tissues. Um, and he found that uh, and won an award for some of his research. And so that hairs have a very powerful stimulatory effect uh, on the skin as well. So there's, there's so many places from, uh, you know, sort of donor to recipient. So I can't describe everything that I do here, but I do want to focus a little bit about understanding beard and body hair and how it, how it plays a role in my practice. So for me, for me I, I'm not a big fan of body hair. The reason is that body hair leads to hypopigmentation or, or lighter color uh, on the chest, which typically um, is very hard to camouflage unless you have a lot of hair. Those hairs that are transplanted, even though they start to grow longer, like your scalp after about a year, have about a 60% success rate. So that, that and also the caliber in curl is very different. It's typically much weaker. So I can use beard hair, so excuse me, body hair, in very select cases if patients understand that there is just no donor hair usable and I have to use that. Um, but it's not, a, it's not a first, second, or third line of, of what I wanna choose. Um, I use beard hair all the time because beard hair has a lot of good qualities. It has some bad qualities. The, the good quality of beard hair is that it typically rarely creates pigmented loss, even in darker skinned people when harvested, unlike FUE in the scalp, which can cause more commonly hypopigmentation or loss of skin color uh, in the back of the scalp. And also when transplanted, uh, it grows robustly and quickly like regular scalp hair. Uh, also, I use what's called beard-to-beard -beard hair transplants. In other words, taking beard from one area and placing it into deficient beard areas. Now, that is not good if someone's got need wants a whole strap reconstruction. There's typically not enough beard hair to reconstruct an entire face, but it's great for traumatic injuries, limited loss of areas, uh, or to help supplement uh, limited scalp hair uh, transplantation. So that's basically. Uh, the, the qualities or elements of beard hair. Now, there's other things to consider is, is a con uh, color contrast match. 
So for example, if someone uh, has really fine hairs and you put really coarse beard hairs up there, the beard hairs may not look natural. In fact, they won't look natural. And if you put beard hairs as a standalone on the scalp, they can look very bizarre. So I typically like to prefer to use beard hair scattered inside transplanted hairs, like either between transplanted hairs or in a zone that's in, that you cannot see it very well. Like I recently did a gentleman last week that had uh, plugs, uh, old plugs, four millimeter plugs that looked weird. Uh, transplanted most of it with scalp strip or FUT because he had very advanced baldness and FUE would have depleted his entire donor hair and used non-safe hair. And then I used beard hair to supplement the back portion of it. And the reason I did that was that beard hairs are also one hair. So they, they, they have this sort of unique thing, which are they're too coarse for one hair to be placed in the hairline, but they may not give as much visual density as standalone in the areas of high priority, such as the central forelock. So I used it to bridge the posterior portion of his scalp, and then I blended further scalp hairs behind it so that it wouldn't look grafty if I try to place that right at the very posterior limit of it, uh, of, the, of the posterior hairline. And excuse me, in other words, a transition from the back of the, of the transplant going down toward the, uh, the, the, the crown, which was not transplanted for him because he did not have enough hair to do that. But um, so, so the other thing too is, is that you can think of it in reverse, which is then taking scalp hair and placing it into the beard. So if the scalp hair is super fine, which is very typical in some patients, and you have very, very coarse hair in the beard, scalp hair may not look right. So you have to look very carefully in that area to see if that's okay. Now, you could potentially use scalp hair if the caliber difference wasn't extreme, and you could place it between the beard hairs that are already existing. But if you have a sort of a whole naked area uh, to transplant and the scalp hairs are super fine, it may not look entirely right when you place it into the beard. So these are some of the criteria, some of the ideas. Uh, it's, it's really creativity. It allows you a lot more creativity that now with FUE, there's uh, a much uh, wider palette, P-A-L-E-T-T-E, -T -T -E, like a paint, paint that I can choose from to do the painting, but it doesn't always work. So sometimes you have to look at the right anatomy and degree of hair loss, type of problem, age, uh, scope of, of the scalp loss, what we're trying to do with beard reconstructions, body air areas. All of these factors are so complex that I'm just sort of giving you a flavor for what goes into the thinking process when you're looking at beard and body hair usage, whether it's as a donor or recipient.